0: Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And <laughs> it's back. It is back. And he is back. Who is back? The man, the myth, the legend, the great and powerful. Well, can't say his name yet, I got to tell you about him, entrepreneur, marketer, speaker, author, he's written books, yes, more than one, account-based marketing for dummies, which you probably already have, and his latest book, which has been out for a bit now, and if you don't have it, it's time to catch up, ABM is B2B, and one of the cool things about this book, you you start flipping through it, you realize he's cutting through a lot of the chatter, a lot of the bullshit, honestly, he really gets to the heart of the matter, podcast host of Flip My Funnel Podcast. Ah, now people are going. Okay, I think I know. You already knew from the book title. Co-founder and chief evangelist of Terminus, Sangram Vadre. Welcome, sir. Casey, man, happy to be here. Thank you, man. That's a great intro. It keeps getting longer every time. This is the second time you've been here. Every time you come back, it keeps getting longer and longer. But well, the whole show will be eventually just your introduction.
1: One day, one day, maybe people would just say Sangram, and then that's it. You don't have to go through all of that stuff. Well, That'd I, be- you you kind of kind of can say it now.
0: Yeah, I think know. so. I think so. Well, that's but, because people can pronounce my last name, and that may be it. Right. You know, I really had to study it last time. I remember you asked me. It's Vadre, right? Did I say it right? Did yeah. I get it? okay. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, hey man, this is really interesting because this. Today's episode, the theme. I mean, we you're a very you're a thought leader. You're here, but there's some things happening right now. There's there's some partnerships happening, like Terminus and Pardot are becoming BFFs, and yeah. and so the concept of like ABM and marketing automation, they're 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 coming together, and we're starting to see the the full picture. I mean, it's not just one this conference and that conference. It's like it's the whole journey. All these things are happening. So I got to pass you. This thing you've you've held this before. Let me hand it to you again. Ugh. Okay, here you go, Thor's yeah, hammer. Got you got it. I got okay, it. There you go. Nice, nice form there. um You play yeah. tennis. Nice form. So take.
1: Funny Dude, he said, my crush I gotta show you this. I don't know if people can see it. Recording. This is my son winning uh tennis championships. I started to put his stuff around here. So tennis
0: championships.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's pretty fun. He just like yesterday we saw he is like number three in Georgia. Uh, for tennis, and I'm like, oh my God, that's really cool.
0: Well, I know how he keeps winning because his dad wields Thor's hammer like a tennis <laughs> racket. So, so take that hammer, smash for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception, set the
1: record straight once and for all. Awesome. All right. Here you go. The hammer comes down. I think most companies don't have a demand problem. They actually have a pipeline problem. Pipeline. They have a pipeline. a pipeline problem. problem. Yeah, because I think everybody thinks like, oh, we got to hire marketing so we can get more leads, we drive pe- drive more people, drive more traffic, get more demand, sales need more people, more mouths to feed. We're creating an issue in marketing and sales that we're actually getting ourselves into and then we can't get out of it because we're creating that. It's a self-fulfilling mm. prophecy. And but what really is interesting is, is if you really think about it, you or most companies actually have a pipeline problem. So let me give you an example. I know I was talking to Andy Paul, um, I think about a year ago, and he said, hey, you know, he's like, man, I'm a little bit older than you, let me tell you a story. I'm like, yeah. He's like, once upon a time, those were the days where sales only had 1x or 1.5x or 2x the pipe. Right now, people talk about, we gotta have 5x the pipe, uh, 10x the pipe, so that one in 10 accounts will actually close, Well, guess what? That is the problem we are getting unnecessarily, literally forcing jamming through people into the demand funnel and, and really taking rise of the money, which is where the pipeline is.
0: So what does it even mean to do two X pipe? Does that mean you need two times
1: as many people in there than you? That's it. That's it. I mean, that when he told me that, I was like this, is like, this is what happened 15 years ago. And now he's like, I'm amazed that people have 7x, 5x, 10x, 5 because that is not good. And people wear that as a badge of honor. Hey, we have 7x the pipe. And the board says, very good. That means you have a lot of coverage. No, that just means you have to go through a lot of bullcrap. To find the right account, that means you have to waste so much SDR and BDR and AE and marketing money to get those. What if, what if, and that's really the the big if for everybody is like, what if you could close one in three deals that come through? Right. And that, you would need a lot of focus. And that's not what we have.
0: It's that same problem we had on the marketing side of just... Fill in that funnel, baby. Just fill that thing up. Who cares? How, just more the merrier, right? Like how, how many people went in the top of your funnel? Oh, millions, millions. Same problem. It, it, it's like it, the problem It doesn't go away. And now it's even worse by the time it gets to sales because you're right. Now you got humans. You got SDRs and BDRs and marketing bucks and goodies and giveaways and swag all going to people who are probably never going to buy, right? Did you? You had stats on that. You were like, you know, most people aren't going to buy.
1: No, I mean, think about, sure. like, here's another myth. And I'm, I'm curious because yeah, we talk yeah. about the marketing automation, part and, um, you know, Terminus, and all the things that's happening to the ABM. Well, think about this uh, for a second. I wore the badge of honor for most number of MQLs in my Pardot days in our organization, Ooh. saying marketing created the most MQLs ever created in the history of Pardot, history of Salesforce. It sounds
0: heresy hearing you say that about yourself, doesn't it's it?
1: right right um and i say that because that was the stupidest thing i could be proud of right that whole thing that means marketing care about nothing right i cared nothing about revenue i cared nothing about i i cared nothing about business i cared about my own selfish ambition to hit a a random number that somehow became so important that it almost became my identity in the yeah, organization, right. right? And I think, I, I bet, a lot of people listening to this right now, hope they're nodding their head and saying, well, maybe that's true for them too. Yeah. But here's the myth, you, if you are actually doing account-based, I don't remember the last time at Terminus or any of the top customers that we have, they even mentioning, even mentioning the word MQL. And, and I think about that and why is that? Well, MQL, SQL, SAL, Or first touch attribution or last touch attribution. All of these things were created for marketing to get what? Credit.
0: Yeah, credit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Like it was a credit conversation, it was never a business conversation. What's the point? We all know if you, the first touch versus last touch attribution, what, what's the point of that, right? Like you, marketing is trying to take credit, NQLS, QLSA, Marketing is trying to prove value that right. they exist and because of them, there's business. So, but it wasn't about the business. It was always about credit for existence of marketing. And I think what ABN and all of these things have done right now, especially right now, is that who cares? If we have a list of accounts that we need to go after, marketing and sales need to have the same number. They should be, marketing should get bonus when sales hits their numbers as a business, period. And I think I'm seeing that more often right now in organizations and in the organizations that's happening, Casey, I'm seeing them getting rid of the standard, the whole point of MQL, SQL. is If the account is important to you, you should be going after it. And if that comes to your website, you don't need to qualify it anymore. You should yeah. be working on that account. Why, you will only qualify if you don't know what that account is. But if you know the account and if you're going after it, you don't need to qualify. So it th- those two things have completely changed the way I think about marketing. today.
0: It really does flip it because you're right. I mean, I was going to kind of challenge you for a second until you really built a strong argument because that credit conversation happens everywhere. I mean, even during COVID and like, Marketers get, I mean, I know a bunch of marketers, if anyone needs any marketers, a lot of people in our networks are looking for jobs, man, because they got the, they got the ax first big, maybe did they just not do the right credit conversation, but like the whole organization has to be shifted or, or would that maybe have been helped if they were better focused on the, not the credit, but just the team success, the revenue.
1: I mean, the, the thing is, I strongly believe right now, the, the strong are getting stronger and the weak are getting just cut off. I mean, just some uh-huh. of it is that. Some of, I really do believe is that. Now being very, very respectful to everybody who might be listening to this, not everybody is in that category because there's always a gray area, but that's organizations is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about individuals. So as an organization, if your culture is to drive business outcomes, you would already be aligned to saying, hey, we need to pivot. Example. Uh, let's just talk about webinars, the stuff that actually worked for, for us in our organization right now when all of this thing hit, it wasn't a thousand people webinar. It wasn't 8,000 people virtual summit, although we could have done both of them. We do 20 people events, 20 people in the same industry. We cap it out of 20, and there's guess what the show rate of our webinar is for those 20 people? What? 80 to 90%.
0: No kidding. And normally- yeah. Free yeah, event, no, it's fifty or less, right?
1: Less, guaranteed. Right? They show up, and we would cap at twenty. So they're like, "Wait a minute, I can't get into this." No, you can't. I'm sorry, we already have twenty people <laughs> come back next week, and they will come back next week ten minutes early this time. So yeah. the uh, the point of all of this that we, we, I think if you create relevancy for your business, then I think you will hit. But that's what marketers need to do right now. They need to pivot their thinking around whatever skills they have if your skill is to create demand stop thinking thousand people to 20 people now that requires a complete shift of mind but you can still use the same skill set to build a program around that if you are all about creating ebooks and content and demand generation around that then maybe you need to create content for that industry very specific for those 20 people and make an ebook or make a landing page for each one of those companies that the marketers who are doing that right now, Casey, I'm seeing them getting promoted. So it's a very different, that's why I said, I started with saying strong getting stronger is because the people and the marketers and organizations who actually understand the game of relevancy actually becoming really, really good. And the organizations that just played the numbers game, played the, you know, like, you know, all right, we'll do the same thing over and over again game, they are getting exposed.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. I like the idea of the smaller webinars, like really mixing it up and doing something different and not just the same old quantity based. And I guess it's scary though, going niche, ratcheting it down, going after 20 people and instead of praying that, you know, you'll get a hundred to 150 to sign up and then 80 to will show up and then 50 will stay like all those goofy numbers. You just go for the 20. I mean, do they just need to like, do we see all get kind of more courageous or how do, how do you move in that? How do you get more marketing courage?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I feel like it's, it's less about marketing courage, I feel like, and it's more about recognizing what's the most important thing for your business to move forward. So the 20 people webinars where we're going to do we looked at our own database and said, well, okay, well, where's our pipe? Right now, we see that we have a ton of manufacturing-oriented accounts. Okay, we're good at we're we're really good at selling ABM to manufacturing. It's really good. Okay, great. We see that there are at least fifty accounts that are in manufacturing in the pipe. Going back to the first myth, it's like pipe. So we looked and said, we let's do a manufacturing. Our manufacturing industry marketers focusing and pivoting and changing and addressing this pandemic as an example we literally looked at this as an opportunity quite frankly and when we marketed we didn't market to the entire base we only sent this to those 50 accounts and saying hey look we're capping at a 20. this is a manufacturing only uh, webinar we have zero slides the point of this is to bring cmos we already called up and recruited two or three cmos so we featured them saying hey here are the three cmos in your industry that are going to be on it and it's a round table not a show and tell kind of thing and all we did was seated maybe two questions and the rest was just conversation casey guess what like your podcast they would want to stay not for the 30 minute but hour and a half wow yeah that's great because they're all talking they're all like wait a minute how are you doing that and a lot of times quite frankly in the early days it was like a therapy Oh, you yeah. do? you got the same problem? Your CEO also is asking you to do like all of these things. And we were just sitting there and like, you know, watching a movie here, right? Yeah. Like, you and know, it's, it's a safe environment because it's not getting published anywhere or they knew that this was all about them and for them. I, I, you know, and, and here's the other part that, that word, as I said, it, it clicked on me. There's a book written by Jeff Henderson called For, F-O-O. And his point is, companies, the next generation companies are going to be the companies that are not best in the world, but the companies that are going to be best for the world. And that is such an interesting paradigm shift. Like we all keep saying we are the best account based marketing platform in the industry. Well, guess what? Customers don't care about it, right? Like that's why the idea of building community is such a big deal for us. Is like we need to be for the community, for the industry. So that that's one of I'm gonna bring Jeff in in our peak community uh, yeah. to just talk about this because it completely shifts. And he gives examples after examples after examples. Of like you don't need to be the company best in the world. Nobody really cares. Right. What important is are you the company for? The world, And I think marketers need to build up the courage going back to your question is, are you for your customers? Are you for your future customers? And as you ask that question, the answer would appear right in front of you.
0: Right. And, very, and that's a good litmus test for your content, for your webinars, for any kind of marketing you're doing. Is, is this email for them or is this all about me? You know, yeah. is this, is this my email? Is this, does it even help them at all? Is this brochure to help them or is this to help me? You know, it's a great question. That's that's I see it, and it looks like he got
1: Maxwell to write a forward on that too, which
0: is pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, he, he actually was a, a good friend of mine. He uh, is in Atlanta, so I know really? him personally. Um, and he uh, he is a pastor of a church over here called Gwinnett Church. Uh, he just left recently because the four movement that he built became so global that there are other churches and businesses trying to adapt this philosophy of four, uh, Four, which has been fascinating. But prior to that, he was a marketer at Chick-fil-A. Well, of course, they understand more. Like, he gets more marketing, is like he worked with the Braves um, company, uh, you know, team and all that kind of stuff. So he gets the idea. But when he said that, I'm like, well, that's a a game changer idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How how do you, how do you, have you been able to build any of those things into Terminus? Or, I mean, how, how do you apply some of those things you're reading?
1: Yeah, no, you, you're right, man. I think, and, and all of these sounds great ideas, and you're like, wait a minute, so what do I do with this? Right, like, yeah,
0: like, <laughs> just give everyone the book and hope magic yeah. happens, or, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so one thing, I don't know if we shared that in the last episode, but I feel like the number one or the best marketing strategy that I've ever ran that I've done in the last 10 years of my marketing uh, career has been bringing a customer in the office, and mm. that was the point i mean it is it, 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 it's a one way and there are so many different ways of showing that we are for you is that no you are the hero today we'll have a red carpet for them, we'll fly in the, in the days we used to be able to fly in, we'll have dinner with the executive team just with that one, com- one person wow. or a couple of people from that company. Next morning, we'll do a product session with them, show them behind the scenes what's going on, then we'll then put them in front of the entire company and then the company gets to ask them questions. They get to tell their story, not about Terminus, not about ABM, like that's part of later on, but it's like, who are they? Like we want everybody in our company we wanted, to, wanted them to know in the operations department in the finance department to know how does our customer look and feel and what do they say? So we had this customer in the month, customer of the month in flash program that we, we brought in a customer every single month and went through the same exercise and made like when they walked in the office, the every single one of their uh, the TV monitors had their face and their name and the really who they are. Uh, it was it was just a full on red carpet welcome from start to finish. Now we're doing that on Zoom, uh, but that's that's a that's a way of just thinking applying this idea that here are we for customers
0: who are we for that that's amazing you know my my favorite always example of like a little abm gift has always been this mason jar i got from terminus many moons ago that had my logo not yours on yes. the mason cup jar thing it's like a mason jar with a handle and yeah. it had my logo on it in like decal it was full of <laughs> candy and chocolate and alcohol and i was like yeah amazing I remember like it's my logo like I know you could mass produce your logo but that you can't you didn't make five hundred of them with mine on it you had to make individual ones it just shows yeah. that you care just like this red carpet type stuff shows you care
1: yeah and I think those are the examples that people would talk about months if not years to come yeah. and the side benefit of that is is something that I think most people don't recognize because again we go back to the demand problem right and and no yeah. it's actually not that it's like Imagine if everyone in your organization, as a marketer, this is something that I think marketers don't really think about. Yeah. You have the access to the people you serve more than anybody else. And because of that, it is your responsibility, not, not, not just, just, just a privilege, it's a responsibility to make known to every person in your organization that who are we serving. And once you do that, I believe that people will run through walls to do things for their organization because now they could see who and how it is impacted. So as an example, I remember Daniel Day, he was the first, he was one of the first person we brought in in the customer in the office program. And he shared um, in the very first one, he said, you guys changed my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, Dan, like we, we can't change your life. Like we we like we like we we build software, we don't save lives, right? Like, no, no, he's like, you don't get you don't understand what you've done. Your organization, the movement, this whole thing around ABM, it has given me confidence to walk into my CMO or CEO's office and tell them directly that here's where money's coming from, here's my impact on the business outcomes, here's how many salespeople you should you should hire, because on these other accounts we're going to serve because this over total address on market. He said, I had none of those answers. I didn't even know how to talk about those things, but now I'm not afraid of my job. Right. And right. even now people in the company at Terminus would remember that and say, we're building something for Daniel there. Really? That changes everything.
0: Yeah. It does change everything. Right. Man, because I, I, mean, I I've had this conversation too before with people, especially, especially if you're in one of those really obscure industries or whatnot. Um, marketing is fun. Like, you know, we do marketing, ABM software, but to your point, some people might ask, like, well, we're not the Peace Corps, right? We're not over somewhere building a well for the pygmies, you know? Like, yeah. that feels like a really tactile way of being like helping build a school for someone. So it's like, yeah. but we're not doing that. But I think you just get beyond the fact that you're not serving some random brand. Like, oh, we're serving this brand. No, it's like that person, to your point, the Daniels, the Susans, the Jeffs, whoever, Kathy, Kathy's don't get enough credit. There's like yeah. sitting there in, in the organization, you want her to get a promotion. She's going to yeah. spread that happiness all throughout her family. And you, like, you can make people's days just get beyond the fact that you're trying to help this brand succeed or that brand grow their stock. It's like, no, 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 you're trying to help the individual, the Casey's, the Sangram's, the people that are in the company, it, it makes a difference. I, I could totally see that.
1: Yeah. I, people still talk about those stories and that's man. what, man, I'm still talking about that story. Yeah. So it's
0: really,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's how
0: it's the mark of a, a real,
1: a real moment
0: is when it, it keeps coming up and you, you, it comes, it comes to mind. You want to tell people about it and stories and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. My next question for you really now we're kind of getting on the, the topic of of terminus we got this big partnership thing happening pardot terminus they're like you me you me let's do this right <laughs> what, what can you tell me more about this i mean we've got some good data on it but but at a, at a big picture level what is what is happening what, what's happening with these two powerful apps coming together
1: well i mean in the early days of abm Inbound and ABM was was looking at each other like, oh, we are competitors, right? Like this two movements, like it's flipping the funnel. So the old funnel is gone, which means inbound is not no longer valued. And, and the reality is that no, no, no. We both can exist for the right type of business. If you're going after a, a you know $10 a month, or if you're going after just brand and you know, those kind of things, inbound is important for you. As a matter of fact, I'll submit to you in most organizations, if you're doing your ABM right your inbound actually goes up. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people talk about that. And they're like, oh, then that's because your people are taking credit for it. But if you stop taking credit, people will stop talking about it. It's like, it doesn't matter where it came from. You already knew the account. But if you're advertising them, if you're sending direct mail to them, if your salespeople are reaching out to them, if you're doing events to come in together as a webinar, they're gonna tell somebody like, hey, Joe and Sally, check out um, you know Casey's company or Sangam's company and see what it is. And they go and fill up the form and they become inbound and you're like, oh, inbound is going up. Well, no, 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 <laughs> you actually they're coming because you created this halo effect around them through all these things. So if you stop worrying about credit, I think inbound will actually go up and ultimately you're actually will get the credit that you're really looking for, but not in a um, in like forceful way. It's just what happen as a byproduct often. Right. So that inbound, outbound, I feel like that mystery is resolved, at least for me. And I think in some of the leading companies, they are getting over this idea of like, are this two different channels or are they actually driving business? And I think 100% helps the other group. The other big elephant in the room has always been marketing automation. Mm. And people go, well, well, what about all the nurturing stuff and all the email stuff and all those things that happen through marketing automation? Well, the beauty of marketing automation and companies like Terminus, like let's just say Pollard and Terminus specifically for this example, is this.
0: Because they're the best. Right. They are
1: the best. We both have history there. We I both was have there. History, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's beautiful to when it the world comes right full circle. It is. But both are both were created. And in in a sense, market marketing automation was helping marketers do marketing using emails. When Terminus started, we wanted to help marketers do ABM using advertising. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if you think about it, the email and advertising are the Trojan horse into all the other things that are built around them. And as long as organizations can help others do marketing those are the applications those are the products that are going to do better than other uh, other products so for example there are a lot of products that started off saying hey we're going to help you measure abm well guess what you can measure if somebody's not doing it so right. that's why some of those companies had a difficult time to get up uh, off the ground but for us we had uh, we, we made sure that we are actually doing something when we had to choose what we focus on we chose to focus on helping first marketers do ABM and then added bright Funnel, then acquired Sixter, then added Chat and all those things. But Pardot and, and Terminus, this is like both companies are helping do uh, marketing, so that makes sense. There are a lot of, it's bi-directional. it's a full-on integration, which means it's not just like an API call here and there. No, it's a full-on integration, which means there's a bi-directional sync, which means if you're running, as an example, if you have your dynamic list and things of accounts that you're working on and you want to say well as soon as somebody hits into that account or somebody fills the form or somebody does something like that fire up an advertising from terminus to that particular account and give the entire account an halo effect so now you can do things like that which allows marketers to do really smart marketing
0: yeah totally see this totally see this and i'm i'm glad you're here i mean thanks for being here to explain this because yeah, I I had sensed the inbound versus ABM, you know, inbound, some of the crazy people the inbound, they were like inbound versus marketing automation, even they were just like, but really, we, it's like, okay, no, it's, it's actually very similar. The idea of marketing automation versus ABM. Yeah, I felt that too, right? It's like, it's almost like we got really tribal around ABM. And then you're like, it, to the exclusion of everything else. But then on, on our last podcast, and if people haven't heard that one, they should go check that one out. We'll link to it in the show notes. But you you caught me up on ABM, right? Because there was a lot of this BS, a lot of this chatter that they had kind of taken it, run with it. And you're like, no, it's not. It's that there's tiers. There's there's prioritization levels, and one of them can be what you have been doing, right? Don't stop what you're doing, but what you're going to find is those other tiers where you've been focusing your efforts are just way more powerful. So I, I totally I totally see what what's happening and and what you're explaining with how we're kind of. They're at odds with each other, but what's crazy at the same time when they're selling marketing automation, at least from my experience, people are like, "Well, can I do ABM with this?" And it's like, "Well, it doesn't prevent you from doing it, but it doesn't have the care and feeding, perhaps, and it certainly can't do unless it's email, right?" So to your point, you need a tool that can do and measure, um, right? And, and so it was, it does a great job. It, it kind of they both have this sort of the the backbone of either the email or the ads, and then all the other features attached to it. And I want to get your take on the different features added to Terminus, but I totally see it, they're these yeah. like great things, but they're kind of missing. It'd be great to have some some excellent email nurturing, but t- tied to the accounts. And it'd also be great to have that ads and all the things that go with ABM and, and not just so lead focused. I think Pardot was due yeah. for a little infusion of account focus, you know, they'd done some changes, but this is like a
1: big change. So I, yeah, I, I see it, man. I see it happening. Yeah. This is massive for them and for us. Uh, but definitely the reason they leaned into this is because this was one of their top requests uh, from their customer base. Uh, yeah. Like, well, we, how do we add on to it? And if you really think about it, let's go back to the business part of it. That's what marketers should care about. When a marketer only gives a lead to a salesperson, they do a disservice. To the salesperson and then yeah. to their business because we all know we close accounts, we don't close leads. Like there's not a single time ever in the history of 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 marketing and sales that we all know in B two B, nobody ever closed a lead. We always click close an account. That's one of the reasons why salespeople title is account executive, <laughs> not a lead executive to begin with, right? Yeah. So. It's it's always been the case, but we as marketers, I as marketer have made a a conscious choice of ignoring that and just dropping a bunch of leads to them. And really what we should be doing is saying, going back to the pipeline problem is like, okay, marketer or salesperson, Joe and Joe, you have these 10 accounts that we have some leads on it, but we know there are like seven people maybe in the decision-making process and we need to give you air cover now to all those seven, eight people in that account so we can have a faster of velocity on those deals. That's where the idea of Pardot and Terminus as an example comes together. Um, And I will say this over and over again. My salespeople goes bananas when I say this. I said, you don't need Terminus to do ABM. Mm. Just like you probably don't need Pardot to do email marketing. But what you could do is these two combinations for organizations, they want to scale their programs and make it more... Um, it, more thoughtful and scalable, and and have this automated nurture streams, not just for emails, but the entire account that needs to happen, as opposed to physically going and doing it. So, so I feel it's right. it's for the next level of marketers, the next generation of marketers who are now they get marketing automation, they get kind of ABM, but now they want to be the marketer 2.0 in, yeah. in their organizations.
0: Yeah, man, uh, it's exciting. Can can you, because maybe just um. Let's run down, let's run down, like start with Terminus and then, and then hit all the different, cause I knew you guys have been acquiring different tools and like, not just like the standard ones, You're like, oh yeah, but like signature apps and this and that. Could you just kind of start and like, kind of throw out some of the different features and what they, what they do just so we can get a sense for this whole suite that you've built around
1: the concept of ABM. Oh, happy to, man. Happy to. That's, uh, the, and hopefully everybody got to remember all of the- them though. Right. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> So many of them, and I hope nobody feels like this is a like a pitch session for Terminus, but I think hopefully there's a lesson of how you think about drawing. Yeah, um, and, no, it's big that, news, though. It's it's a big it's a big thing going on right now. So one of the things we did was we started with how do we help marketers do marketing. We yeah. focused, we anchored on it, and we made sure that that is really, really good. So we're really good at targeted advertising to the accounts people want. As we started doing that... Clearly there was this, this question that we always get is like, okay, we're doing this advertising, but we're still measuring first touch and last touch attribution. Well, we're like, well, you should be measuring engagement in that account. Uh, and then, well, we don't know how to measure engagement in that account that led to us right. acquiring Brightfunnel, Funnel, uh, which was almost the same year, number of years when Terminus like they were like six years and Terminus was like three years into it. But somehow we were able to acquire Brightfunnel and that became and that's one of the reasons that's, here's another thing. Every company we've acquired, this is really fascinating. So I don't want to miss, I'm glad it just hit me. Yeah. Every single company that we acquired were the companies whose products we use and then we acquired. So it was a very Smart. natural progression because we saw that in none of it. So bright funnel, we had it for a year before we said, you know what? this has the makings of a great account based marketing analytics why build it when we can use this it already have a customer base they get it uh let's just flip so we bought a bright phone then we we always have we always have sixster which is the email signature thing yeah that allowed us for a first party cookie data so yeah. just a quick one-on-one one-on-one on that is that when you do advertising proactively, you're using third party, which means we don't have the cookie. We don't know who these people are. We are relying on our partnership with NetProspect and DNB and LinkedIn and like 50 plus ad exchange networks to get there. And, and the data is okay, but not the perfect, the best. With Sixter, because it is first party cookie data, because anybody who clicks on the ad within those companies that you're sending emails to, it our cookie pool just like quadruple. Like in Magic. <laughs> and, and it's which means we have full understanding, and the quality of data is really good. We own the quality of data; that we're not relying on somebody to do a refresh every so often. Yes, so that is like the stickiest product to do. Like almost every customer wants it. Like it's it's great. And again, we use Sig uh, so we know new the people, and and it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and
0: good then, people though. Really, I I know some of the sixter people. They're really yeah. good people. Yeah.
1: That's another big thing. I'm glad you brought that up too. Like Justin Keller, who ran marketing over here, now runs yeah. brand for Terminus. Yeah, he was uh, he was, he was on he, here. Yeah. He's it, it was, it was fantastic. It's phenomenal. Like he's taking Terminus brand to the next level now. Um, almost kind of like, you know, you, you think about what Adam Blitzer, what happened to Adam Blitzer at, at Salesforce. Totally. When he came in, Salesforce did not shove it in and like, oh, it's a small company guy. Like we just acquired, put him in. He actually became like running <laughs> marketing cloud and sales cloud. Yeah. And, and,
0: <laughs>
1: right so um uh, who's the ceo of sixter is now our chief product officer so nice. it's really interesting and exciting to see how all of the infusion of the people have been and then the last acquisition which we did literally at the beginning just a month into the pandemic was ramble chat because mm. we wanted to connect the experience from somebody seeing an ad out there like imagine that as you have a list of accounts they're seeing the ad then they click on the ad or they come to your website so we have this personal experience on the website but how do you engage with them is now through a chat and so when an account comes to your website and if you have terminus you would actually not only run an ad to get them to your account but your account is now recognized because you have all the history around it first party third party so the chat is going to be very very smart chat he's going to literally say hey hey casey from cheshire impact Uh, Thanks for stopping by, and here's some stuff. It has all of its history. Plus, now with part of integration, it's going to have even more richer history if you think think about that. So, so all of these acquisitions of Bright Funnel and then Sixter and Chat is allowing us to go back and build the next B2B marketing cloud as we think about it. Uh, But again, not trying to say we do it all, but we want to help the experiences part of it, the online experience of web. Online experience on the website, on different different websites through advertising, through emails, uh, part of it, and on your website from a chat perspective. We want to just combine and make that experience so unified. Because here's here's the big part that we believe in, uh, Cassie, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. I believe the next generation of companies. We believe the next generation of companies are going to be companies that create a really unified experience imagine if you have whatever the thing you got at that event from amanda i remember amanda created that logo for you on that yeah
0: yeah it was amanda too yeah that's
1: right it was fantastic i think it was for serious decisions event where where i think she created it for um imagine if you saw that and then again the next day you go online and now that picture of that particular thing is also in front of you anyway right Right? Yeah. And imagine you came to oh, let me check these guys out. And you came to terminus.com and the chatbot opened up and it sees that, hey, did you enjoy this gift or something? So now <laughs> there is this this feel like, hey, we know you, we not, not in a creepy way, but we care about you. Right. And we want to show you that you're important to you. Yeah. And you couldn't do that with hundred thousand accounts, you but you could do that with your top hundred accounts. And that's where I feel companies are gonna win if they start doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and otherwise it's left – I mean, some people say they like to pick and choose different things, but, man, trying to tie together a tech stack, it sometimes you just can't, right? So you need them to be – and I was even always wondering, like, why Sigster? I'm like, I like the people, you know, uh, but, like, why? But then you just – I kind of get it now. Wow, now you own the data. Got it, you know? But you can't stitch that together yourself, you know, that you need some of this – the best tools coming to work together. So I totally, I totally get that. That's sick. Yeah. A unified experience. It's really the way it goes, you know? Yeah.
1: I think, I think that's, that is one of the going to be our greatest struggle. Um, we don't have it all together yet. Yeah. I don't think most companies don't have it together and it won't be all through acquisition. It will be through partnership. Like we yeah. have partnership with, uh, with Pardot now we have great uh, exclusive partnership with Bombora for intent data. For right. example, we have partnership with Sandoso for direct mail. So in a way, your customers are not just demanding but truly expecting you to deliver on this, because that's what they get on a, in a B two C environment. Right. Uh, so I think it's getting closer and closer. And I feel right now every organization it's a great opportunity to stand out. If you stop doing the usual webinars and if you stop doing the usual eBooks. Um, and stop doing the usual stuff, we actually are going to create really great experiences where our customers will remember that and they will come to you because of that.
0: Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. Um, I, I love doing webinars and I've been thinking about different ways I can mix it up. Um, so it's not just me doing it for me, but you know, can yeah. kind I of try different topics. I'm going to start with some blog posts that are really popular and make the webinar about that. Um, I love this this the idea of the focus group, even the idea of just standing back. It's like not even about me talking. Yeah. Oddly enough, it's not about. Yeah. That. No, it's a, let's these other people. They they're in the same industries, they're in the same groups, and let them mix and communicate. We just facilitated it. That's it's a great idea. It's very serving. You know, it's very much the servant um, app, like like the book you brought up, the four book. It's pretty powerful yeah. stuff.
1: Where, I mean, and, and I feel like, I think you brought up a great word, uh, which is about facilitating. I think yeah. great marketers are facilitators, truly are. Like if you think about everybody in your organization probably has an idea of what marketing should do, right? Everybody thinks they're a marketer, even if that's not their title. And they, everybody can comment on your website and a font, in a way they mm-hmm. experience, blah, 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 right? And you have to take it in. You have to like accept that criticism or feedback because it's customer facing. It's facing, nobody's talking about a code that somebody engineer is writing in their bag that you can't see, nobody can comment on that, but everybody in common experience, which means your job really, and I've started to appreciate that maybe after 10, 15 years of therapy, is that hmm. I need to learn to be a facilitator first. And if I do that well, and I bring the right constituents to the table, we don't have to make decision by committee, but we all need to make sure that everybody needs to be feel felt- heard and when marketing leaders do that, they can build the greatest brand they can build the greatest uh, campaigns they can drive mm-hmm. the greatest business outcomes so I think you were used a very key word and I'm glad you did I like guess something it took me a while for this time.
0: yeah yeah the best the best marketing sales anything is really just when you have that authentic you really care you just you yeah. the people, and it feels better. So anyone that doesn't feel that yet, shift that way because then then you really you're going to work. You're not selling widgets or sprockets or some SaaS program that lives in an Amazon web server. You know, it's like it's like a real you're you're helping people, and that, and that kind yeah. of ties back to the whole thing. I wanted to ask you about you know this ties into the unified experience. You are everywhere, and I love learning from you and watching and seeing what you do and. I do want to get into the community in a second, but one of the things is you're on LinkedIn and you're on LinkedIn live. and There's only a few select rock stars that are on there and I've had a chance to join it and you basically have these like podcast like interviews. So we'll, we'll put a link into you on LinkedIn so people can go get followed so they can be in a, aware of when these things happen. But tell me about LinkedIn live. It, what What's the experience been like for you? Have you learned anything about the best way to do it? How do you get the most people inter- interacting? What kind of best practices have you
1: seen? Oh, man, thanks for asking that. That has been a really fun project. I really took podcasts and doing it in a room without video to now doing with videos to like doing it online. Like really, that's all I'm doing. I'm yeah. doing podcasts online right. that goes on Flip My phone. that, you know, we do recaps in the community that, that you and I will chat about. And I think that's, uh, that has just been a fun experience. What's exciting is that, and what the biggest learning I, I learned from this is that consist, consistency create massive outcomes. And I have been a big believer of just being consistent, but I didn't realize how big of an outcome would that have. So when I used to do webinars or podcasts or all of these things, I would just do it on any time that pleases me because, you know, nobody's watching it, right? Right. Then when I started LinkedIn Live, I did the same thing, but I, sometimes I will see hundreds of people on it and sometimes I will see like two people on it. And right. like, doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, it's like, what, why are not the same people engaged? Because, and I think this is actually better than the last one. Like, you know, right. what what's wrong with that? And, and what I realized is there's nothing wrong with them as always, it's always wrong with us, is the idea that I wasn't consistent. People were not, didn't expect. So when, if they would show up, when they are available. So I started doing it every Monday and Wednesday, but mostly Wednesday at 9am Eastern, which meant I'll blow up some of the West Coast people. I mean, that's okay. Every Wednesday at 9am, unless something else happens, I'm consistently Wednesday, 9am live. And what that has done is that a week when I didn't do it, I got like 10 people emailing me, which means there must be more people who missed it saying that, hey, did I, I missed your thing. Did it not go live? I'm like, I never committed to doing it live, but now I guess I need to because people <laughs> are waiting for it. And these were like CMOs and directors of marketing and leadership role people. So it was really interesting that they looked at this as something they put on their calendar. So all that to, to say is that I realized the value of consistency, that consistency truly creates massive outcomes. And that has given me more opportunities to speak and do other things because of that. Wow,
0: yeah. So, such a good point around the consistency. I'm actually right as you're doing. I'm making a little reminder for myself. 9 a.m. on Wednesday, right? That's that what you said. Yeah.
1: 9 a.m. on Wednesday. It just goes live at 9 a.m. No matter what happens, and then now people like in hundreds would show up for that time, and that allows for meaningful conversation. And because there are so many people. I'm starting to bring the community with me in that conversation. So it's not just about me to your point earlier about me asking questions. I'll have no more than three questions, literally. Everybody. Really? Just three questions. And that just because I, I want to keep things going, but the rest of the questions, I literally curate from the community.
0: So I've it's been there. I've asked some great questions now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, one of the things I was going to say is that when I'm on there, I see some of the same people. I've met some people, not yeah. physically, but like I feel like yeah. I've connected with them on LinkedIn. And we've swapped messages back and forth, and it's like, hey, great quotes. And I think I think people have even been on this podcast because of connections I've made on there. Um, like, right. oh, hey, this, you get this person on there. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. It's just neat things happen with that community. You, that, and you're right. They're 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 not they're not coming for you. They're Oh, well, they kind of. Some parts they are. They wanna make you feel good. But uh, they are, but like
1: is, if I if conversation I doing, with the community around it, you know? Hundred percent. If yeah. I was having if I were going live every Wednesday by myself, let's just say that is a hypothetical thing. Okay. Then in that case I would say, yeah, maybe people are coming for me and my input, and yes, this a byproduct is all the conversation. But you're absolutely right. I'm not going there and saying, hey, look how smart I am and let me tell you what I think. I'm just not going. My name is Engram, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm as curious as I possibly can be in those conversations and I, I really do truly enjoy those conversations, but I also feel that I want to give respect to the people who showed up at that time and pull some of their questions in and right. give them like a, a full on, like, all right, here's Amber. Let's ask Amber's question. Or here is Casey. And and I think what's Amber Khan, Amber Khan. Yeah. She's been like, on she, here.
0: I talked to her. She's, she's a monster. We talked about content repurposing and she's like, from one piece of content, you can get like 30. I was like, no, you can't do that. She, I'm like, list them off. And I, I kept track. She got to 45. She, and I met her
1: on your LinkedIn Live. There you go. Like, yeah. And she's in a community too. And she's going to do a Friday session soon on oh, how sick. to repurpose content, right? And just for the community. So these relationships, you're absolutely right. I, that's what I'm, my heart is at, is, is building yeah. communities ultimately, right? Totally. Because we, you know, I'm, I'm a co-founder of Terminus. And then you know, we'll see what happens next from here. Uh, you know, maybe do another company, maybe do another stuff. But the reality is is relationships is what makes me feel like more accomplished in life than anything else.
0: Um, And that's a great segue because it's it's like a live community. And then you've actually created a second or you've created like a more, I don't know what you would call it. But like it's like this persistent community on uh, its own private chat and message boards. The, the p community maybe talk a little bit about that and where
1: where the the brain child from that came from where did the idea
0: come from for that
1: well you know like flip my funnel for example there are over 100 people in that community That's when we started something, right like so so it's 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 a massive community uh, that got built over five years through podcasts through the conference where about 1500 to 3000 people show up yeah uh to the mini events that we did for the last five years. So there's a hundred thousand people plus community. And, but I felt that there wasn't enough intimacy in that community in order for conversations to happen and, and spotlight people in, identify and identify and just have a more nurturing community. It felt more one way. It felt, yeah, okay, sure. I was driving the conversation in that community and I felt like there's more to it than, than, than me, like hundred percent. Like So P, the genesis of when you go to like Peak Community, for example, you won't even see my face on that page anywhere uh, if you go to do, you know, dot, 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 keep, because it's not that I really didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it for marketers to be get one person better. That's the genesis of it. That means they have to put in the time to be part of it. Now, yeah. that happen to be, so you won't, see, you won't see my name. You won't see, you know, anything around, about me at all. So I want this community truly owned by, run by the community. I just happen to be a, one of the guides for the community to, to pull the right people in and engage people in. But but it had just it started. So the brainchild of that was how do I create a little bit more intimate uh, community? Because it, to me, it's not not about just making building another community. And two, I wanted more serious people, people who really truly wanted to. Get one person better, not just be on an email list. So that's why I started Charge. I was like, all right, ten bucks a month. If somebody for their own growth can put ten bucks, think this community is for you. So ten bucks a month. And what's interesting is that are all kinds of, Like you, you are in this community. You know, like there yeah. are people that are CMOs. There are um, there are like emerging CMOs of big companies, small companies. So honestly, it's a it's a playground for me. Like yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I'm relearning about building community at an intimate level. We're building circles within it. It grew from like, you know, just like in two months to about 175 people now in that community. So, and I don't, I don't need the money. Um, that's not what I'm doing it for. I right. want to build a truly authentic community.
0: You know, it's interesting because there's another guy that has a community and he named it after himself.
1: Yeah. And, and that's totally cool, right? That's and cool. people. But people should follow and there're a lot of people and i didn't want it to be about abm either that right. was another yeah, thing yeah you could have
0: named it abm you could have named it Sangram's playground i still would have joined if you called it that but uh but yeah you could have named it anything but it was very telling that you made you made it about everyone and i think part of the things in there was like if you could just get 1% better today well you know what could you do and then technically if you get better for 365 days at 1% that's additive that that all yeah. now you're 365 Percent better than you were last year. It's it's incredible. Just the idea of a small fraction percent, but that's it's very cool that you you created that and you made it about again about who's it for, right? Not necessarily, yeah, it, you
1: it, it literally it was. I mean, it was something like you know, even though I'm inviting people in it, and then another thing is like it's invite only. So even though the community page is there, like not nobody has joined yet. I'm not saying hey, join this community. Is like send me a DM and I've not invited some people because I didn't think they were right. I, I'm not invited, for example, salespeople, nothing against them, but I didn't want to mix the sales and marketing communities. I really truly want to build a one of a kind intimate marketing and for marketers community where we really get to geek out on some of these things. And then what I could do, which is what I've started to do is like, I'm just polling people said, Hey, branding is something people want to learn more about. So guess what? I got David Breyer to come in and do a Zoom session and pick companies and say, well, talk about that company. Do they have the right brand? And, and literally do stuff like that. I can bring yeah. Seth Godin and do something with it. We can bring in Kim Scott, do something with it. So not only again, it's, it's, it's not about what I want out of it. It's like, well, what does the community want out of it? How else can they get better 1%? Um, so my goal with Peek Community is really to see, one, it's a playground, some learning, relearning how to yeah. build a community and I figured out how to create it, keep it intimate. So even if this community grows, how do we create the right groups in this community that will allow people to truly keep growing and not get inundated with a ton of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, some of the, some of the things on there. I'm, I'm a fan, right? So um, there's a 1% a day one. There's how to become a CMO, which I think is a topic that I, I like a lot. Um, obviously, ABM, book of the month. You know, job yeah. posts, tips and tricks data and measurement, you know, it's just good. It's just good stuff to, again, geek out. It's like you're just like you created a small webinar with 20 people. Now you've made a, it's a bigger community, but that's <laughs> cool. Cause we can flourish in that way at any given time. I'm looking down here and I see a bunch of green dots next to people. So there are people online at any given time, which is cool because that, that makes it feel like it's actually alive. It's not, you know, the old school LinkedIn group where you're like, please come to my group. And then like, people weren't even there. And this just feels like very much more interactive and engaging.
1: Yeah. And if you, I mean, and, and I appreciate you saying that. And, and one of the, I was, a, that was another big reason is like, I didn't do it on Facebook. Um, I didn't do it on Slack, which were the obvious two choices. I did yeah. it on this really different network that has an app of its own, because I really wanted people to get away from yeah. all the noise and all the things when they're here. I want them to be here. And if they're not here, I don't want them to be here. I don't want them to do whatever else they're doing right now. So there was some intentionality around that too. That's a good point. I
0: for I was going to complain just now about not being on Slack because I could just, I, yeah, I got it all figured out. This is the generation of Slack. <laughs> I click, click, click. I can go from one group to another. Uh, but you're right. If I'm in that mode, I might click away to do something else. Like you have to have this thing open. And- yeah, you
1: have to. So, but the app is there on the phone so you you, you can do yeah. it on the app, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and what I've seen in the data of it, because this app actually gives you a lot of analytics is I've seen 90% of the people in this community are engaged, which means they're spending more than 20, 25 minutes a week in this community, either sharing something or commenting on something or posting something or watching something. So to me, that's the point of the community. Like I don't want to build a... A, a thousand people community with twenty people or two hundred people, like two, like those like dried up um, uh, groups there in the world, where there are five hundred thousand people in that group, and you have the same five salespeople putting their next webinar that's coming up. That's not what this is about. So it's right. been so it's, again, it's a learning thing. It's just been a three four months, but I'm hoping I can combine the learning of building a community. Uh, and go broader than ABM, but still narrow in the marketing world uh, about helping markets get one person better. And mm-hmm. then, with all the relationships that I have out there with people like Seth or Daniel Pink or Kim or whatever, I can bring in and actually not just do a live, but do an in person event for a few where they would take it seriously and have a dramatic impact on their business.
0: Right. Man, you, you're. Um... You're, I feel like you're also a very, you're like a connector, you know, you're like connecting people and, but you, you've inter- some, interviewed some of the most amazing people on your podcast and in your, in the community. I was going to say your community, but I'm in it now. So in our community, yeah, um, community? right. Yeah. Uh, what's it like talking to Seth Godin, for instance, yeah. what's that like?
1: I think he's, he's, he's another person, just, he just another, another person. person. He, Cause
0: he's yeah. branded like, like a marketing god, right? So, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and honestly, it's so interesting. Like, a lot of these people are, uh, feel, in many ways, I used to feel like, man, I, they're on, like, you can't even touch them. You can't even get close to them. Reality is that's not true. Um, I literally, the way, I mean, just an example, I pinged Seth a few times. I kept him updated of the community. I wanted to come to him and speak at one of the conferences. For some reason, it didn't happen. So, but he will respond every time, every yeah. single time which was so interesting to me. And that's something I learned from that is like, never get too big where you won't respond to people that uh, reach out to you. And I asked him like, so you don't, do you, when I hopped on the call with him, just talk about a few things. I'm like, okay, so who's your agent? And he's like, I don't have an agent. Okay, so. Like for like an event,
0: but so like a booking agent for an event? Yeah, or? booking
1: agent, yeah. You he have one? Have, no, I mean I like, I don't, but it's yeah. like funny. You think about like Seth Galton doesn't have an agent, yeah? And he's yeah. like, no, I I don't have an agent. I select the people I want to work with, and I just go work with them, and done. So wow. it's so it's like yes. you start think, thinking about like, well, you must be getting a ton of inquiries, right? Like, and you must be like, so are you spending all this time like like so it's interesting, but he's just another person who 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 is who actually, if you think about it. I asked him this question too. He was like, so, um, so I don't see you doing like, you know, a bunch of lives or a bunch of uh, podcasts or a bunch of this, that, and the other. Sure. He's been only doing one thing, which is one email every single day, right? You think about Simon Sinek, like one thing every single day. And he said, that was really, really, really inspiring. He's like, look, yes, I could do a whole bunch of things and I probably would have a whole bunch more reach, but it will take me away From the most important thing that i'm good at which is my ability to think without distractions and not letting the world change my view it's it's my view so it's like i do not even go back and look at comments i do not even go back and look at reviews i do not even go back because he's like i don't care (laughs) <laughs> which is really fascinating to me. It's like, these are my things. Some are going to like, some are not going to like. These are my thoughts. And I want to be, I want to share my thoughts as clearly as possible without being tainted by the world. Because in his view, that dilutes the, the gravity of the point that he's trying to make sometimes. So it was really fascinating to think about that.
0: Yeah, I could do all these other things, but I'm just going to, fo- I was going to say, maybe he's focusing on writing because he, Do you would say, i I mean, he spoke to you, but is he like a writer or is he a speaker? Sometimes people are one or the other. Does he seem like he's? Yeah, I think he's of- a writer. All right. in. Yeah,
1: he's, he's a writer. If you think about uh, even uh, well, like Patrick Lencioni, uh, I don't know yeah. if you've read his books and yeah, stuff yeah. like. But, no, the, Pat Pat is like really again. He wrote the Five Dysfunctions of a Team, really yeah. well known. Crazy book. Uh, yeah. Author, uh, but he was a screenwriter. And so that's what I learned about their stories right. as part of this conversation. Uh, we didn't record in the podcast, but before the podcast, just trying to get to know him. And he was a screenwriter. So every book is like a screenplay
0: of wow.
1: fictitious fable-style characters. That's what all of his books are fables. And, and so you won't find another business book like that because his book is about three people trying to, work through a problem in a business setting in which you can start identifying with. So it's a whole full-on fable. And then the second part of the book is actually the, the book style book, which is here's the framework and here's how you think about it and here are the questions you ask and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, why do you not write that way? And he's like, well, I'm a screenwriter. I didn't get my break in screenwriting. So somebody said, why don't you write a business book? And so I <laughs> a business book and that became really well, so here I am. So it's fascinating to do that
0: right right but he's still in his element he's not being someone different than he is he's like i'm i'm still writing screenplays i just yeah publishing them in a different way (laughs) still doing it
1: it. from the array of all the books that book is completely different and it will stand out like bob berg is another person right Mm -hmm. he he wrote um the go giver series which is all screenplays
0: oh okay yeah got it geez so so yeah i mean so you've talked to a lot of people too um and I know you're kind of philosophical like I am. And the idea of, uh, I really love, you were doing this for a long time. I don't know if you're still doing it, but the idea of intention. And the, yeah. the more intentional person wins, the more intentional marketer. And even in your life and your career, are you still doing anything around that? Or, I know you got a yeah, million going intentional. on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still write the Becoming Intentional newsletter once uh, on Sundays. Oh, you or, do? And, yeah, on LinkedIn it goes on Wednesdays. Uh, there are about 21,000 people on that list. So it's a really that list has just grown and it's literally just one thing that, that at top of mind is literally one minute read, um, for, for it. So I try to keep it very simple. One idea, one clip um, of something that I really thought was impactful on the same idea. And then one thing to do, because I want people to do something. I don't want yeah. people to just read and then move on like, Oh, great article. Like, and I'm not deep, like, I'm not that deep where I can write a research paper. So right. it's like one thing to do. Like, for example, last week I wrote, you know what, the best thing you could do for your team? You could block thirty minutes on your on their calendar and ask them to go take a walk. Like that could be the best thing you could do for your team this week, given how many Zoom calls and sessions they're gonna have. And yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many emails I got after that saying, Oh my gosh, that really like I got my teams telling me that you know, so it's it's like things like that. It's like simple stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I remember that post. And so so this this newsletter but you're doing this on linkedin every wednesday that's where it comes out yeah
1: okay. it's part of LinkedIn, linkedin's um newsletter article series right like so they they create articles oh, uh, and uh, they i mean they promote the heck out of it which created that so if you look at one of my articles or something you will see now i only write the newsletter uh, on linkedin which is a really interesting feature of that too
0: yeah they keep coming up with interesting things so is it enough to just follow you to get that? Or do we got to do something different?
1: Yeah, you have to subscribe to that. So when you go to LinkedIn and when you go to one of my posts, which would be a newsletter, um, one of them would be like on Wednesday. You can see on Wednesday I posted a, a 111 newsletter. So you have to go to that newsletter and subscribe to get it. Wow. It will send you it to an, it will send an email every time I post. So it's not just a LinkedIn feed. It actually, it's an actual email. An
0: actual. Okay, cool. Yeah, all these things, I Man, I love learning. <laughs> I love yeah. these conversations. There's just, there's so many different things that are changing. And I sat on a call with my team today. Where we were talking about some, some technical stuff with Pardot. It has come a long way, my friend, since when we were both working on it. Uh, well, five years ago, six years ago, maybe. Yeah. That, like even the email template wizards and email template uh, locked class, There's all sorts of, you can lock sections in the template. But now there's yeah. different kinds of locks. So you can only change an image or you can change text and image or you can change nothing or all sorts of, or change HTML. There's all these complexities that keep getting added to these different tools. It's crazy. Yeah. I, don't know how you, I don't know how you keep track of even your own, right? There's just all these powerful tools that keep getting punched in and punched in. It's crazy.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, thankfully in my role, I'm not keeping up with those things, but, right. but what's interesting about all of it is like, when I think about, um, the event, like the LinkedIn Live, like I'm using yeah. Eventable to for people. So there are like 900 people who sign up to get my events update. Or the mm-hmm. peak community, There are like, you know, so many people already there. They are not part of that that update. Um, so I think there are like small tools here and they're starting to make your job easier. So I think, again, I feel like if people listening to this as a marketer, it's probably the best time to be a marketer right now than ever before ever before so like take advantage of
0: it yeah it really is a powerful position it 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 crosses all the boundaries for better or worse we get our hands in everything man it's crazy so crazy hey how how have you been man it's been it's been covid time you got your family i love your love your your room with your bookshelf
1: how how's the fam How, how things going the family's good, man. Uh, we put a zip line in the backyard for the kids. So really? people do how, how, is uh, it, is it long? And does, how fast is uh, it Well, um, not, not, not too fast. Not um, too crazy. Right. Are, not too crazy, but we are blessed with a, it, you know, it, it's a sizable backyard and there sure. are really sure. like trees that are a hundred feet. Okay. Apart that we are able to, to kind of the kind of a slope. So it's kind of goes fast as you go. Wow. Um, so it's been fun with COVID and everything. It was like the neighborhood uh, kind of place to be uh, during that time because one, everybody just wipe their hands and just go zoom, jump, and then go back and stand in the line. So it was kind of fun. So we did that. Uh, for a month, we had inflatable pool part like stuff for the kids <laughs> because, the water, because the swimming pool was off. Uh, and then now with the tennis, right? That's why Christian and I got into tennis a lot more. He more than I do. So all these things that I think, um, made us realize that one, you you actually can have a true uh, family time without and, and do all these things um, without it being a distraction to to the work that you want to do. Um, it has obviously opened up that you can work truly from anywhere if you truly choose to. So I think it's been really good from a long term perspective, but in the short term, obviously, it sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know about you. You probably had twice as many um flights on delta right i was looking at my yeah. app and i had like eight planned out you know things in the year, i think first part of year it's just cranking and it's like nope they all got canceled And
1: yeah
0: and but the downside
1: step- you're, you're doing you're, your business is doing better and, yep. and stuff it's true which is actually what the strong getting stronger like i think when right. you have the fundamentals right i think you're do better
0: there's definitely a bright side to all that and, and you know what the, that would have been eight trips where i'm not with my kids not seeing my family yeah you know and as much fun and adventure as these places and I, I do miss the fact I couldn't go to Colorado but you know some of these other states they're just they're just, maybe they're just trips and so I have definitely you know had it took me a couple months to come around to it and be like okay stop mourning <laughs> mourning the yeah. loss of all your adventures and actually enjoy the fact that you could like now I, I block it off so you know when I'm done work I, I bounce out before dinner and I've got family time you know and it, and it's cool to do that and they're probably seeing me more than they would have seen me because I would have just come home, you know, not at at the office, come home, dinner at six and we had a little family time in your bed. Right. Whereas now it's like, they see me a lot more,
1: which is cool. Yeah. And they're going to remember this time forever. You and I are going to remember a decade from now. We're all going to be talking about, where were you in twenty twenty and what did you do? Right? Like right? Some kids will be graduated for a lot of a lot of us um, back then. So it's 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 gonna be a fun fun thing to think and fun memories trying to actually look back
0: on. For sure. I, I also wonder about the uh, the college students though. That's a that's a tougher one. Like, oh man, like that they're really in the middle of a transition yeah. time, you know?
1: Oh that it sucks for everybody that's graduating looking for a job or like you know, yeah. okay, this could be the worst time for you to graduate right now.
0: Or, or even having graduated and the schools want full, they want full tuition, maybe, you know, you hear about the, the schools in New England say, oh yeah, we're going to charge you full tuition for the remote. Or, you know, it's like, I think it's getting disrupted. I think that finally education is getting disrupted.
1: Yeah, I think all, I mean, everything I'm hearing about, it feels like people are learning that the value of education is really high. Um, then, but it could be obtained at the cheaper price than what people probably thought about. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, like uh, it, the teachers and schools, everybody's getting challenged like never before. So I can actually, as an entrepreneur, I feel like what a great time for somebody to reinvent all oh. of these things who has passion for any totally. of these areas. Like to- like it's an open game. Like there's all rules, all bets, all guardrails, everything is off and you can really reimagine. So the question I feel like we're asking in our organization as well, and I've heard others starting to think about is like, no, no, no. Let's not talk about how are we going to do things when we are back? Let's just talk about how are we going to restart something? Mm -hmm. Like what will be the new beginning look like? Not renewing something old, like completely the new beginning of your business, of your family life, of your school, of your community. What is the new way of doing things, the new thing to do as opposed to saying well how when we get back to the same old like you know it's time to completely reframe rethink about it
0: yeah and it's kind of interesting it's at the start of a decade um and you know if it if it hadn't been for something like this we may have just rolled right into it and then 10 years later the decades going to the next decade but this has kind of made us pause a little bit to say oh okay (laughs) okay what is really important right here what do i want to do with the next several years and when i do finally get more freedom to move around either flying or just being in restaurants. What am I going to appreciate now that I didn't have for a little bit? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got it. Yeah. The choices are going to be real. The, that when everything is again back to normal, we we'll have to make the choices and saying, well, is this what we want? Or now we're just doing it because we wanted it, not our families didn't want. Like clearly there is a choice that we'll all have.
0: For sure. Yeah, I've definitely started making decisions around offices and and um, travel and also what's important, you know. For me it's been like hiking lately. I've just like let I started going hiking now, like every week climb a peak. <laughs> peak community. Every week it's like one of those there's there's forty eight mountains in New Hampshire that are above four thousand feet. And so yeah. every every Tuesday or every sometime during the week I'm tackling one of them in the morning, like getting yeah, up super early, just tackling one, tackling one, and just yeah, I, How long does for you to go up, up and down and come back it depends like um this past one was it was a little easier one it's like nine miles yeah you know and it was two it was a twofer so i got two two out of that list i'm up to 14 now you know wow. but it's but it's cool you know what's neat is there's some groups on facebook where they they talk about hey uh i'm doing uh, this mountain or what do you guys think about this one and i used to like not know what they were talking about, I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. whatever. But now that I've been there, I'm like, oh, yeah, ooh, that's a tough one. That'll be a tough one for you. This is what I did. And it kind yeah. of just, you learn a bit more and it, it kicks my butt and I'm just having a good time.
1: Yeah, I know. You know what? You're also connecting the dots for maybe some people, definitely for me, is that when there was this, this difference between your work and at home and now things are blending, I feel what we are probably missing more than ever uh, which seems like you're capitalizing on now, is the alone time, the the time to think, uh, not go back to back, time to decompress, Yeah. time to to just shift you, whatever you were doing to back. Like right now, I'm doing this. And a minute later, but as soon as we're done, I'm looking at my kids, right? Like it's like literally yeah. like that. There's no like going from this, to like decompressing, thinking through, okay, calming down and then getting to, there's nothing like that. It's like, like this, like this and overlapping. So I feel like the stuff, like what you're talking about to have this, like maybe two hours of or four hours of this time where you're like just going. It actually is probably really good for, for your mental and physical health.
0: It's a good point, man. I I felt like it's, it's time's gone faster. Now that we're, Sort of at home, at work, at home. it's the same thing. We're just, and so time is like, wow, it's already what is it September now? Didn't this thing start in like, what is going on? It's just because there there aren't those breaks. But yeah, to your point, just giving yourself a little. Sometimes people call it free time, or you know, just a little time, just carved out for you, um, especially when the weekends aren't the weekends for a lot of parents out there. The weekends are, you know, this the, usually the week was the weekend, but like. You got, you got the kids at home, especially like my wife and other, you know, parents out there that are like constantly, and then they like got school coming up. They just need a little time to themselves, you know?
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: Killer, man. Well, hey, this is fun, dude. Hey, throw out some links. People don't already know. They're not already connected to you. Where can they find you? Where do you want them to go?
1: Well, I mean, folks can, um, Well, here's what I would love for people to do. Not just connect with me, but send me a note on LinkedIn saying, what is the one thing that stuck out for you? if not like those are meaningless connections if you just want to connect but like yeah. if this was actually valuable if whatever casey and i did actually say so you know what i started thinking about the the 20 people webinar or i started thinking about the hikes um that i need to start having some alone time or maybe i started thinking about how do i talk about work on my pipeline not just demand problem, right maybe so any of the conversations we just had was there anything that just like hit you mm. um I'd love to know. I'm sure Casey would love to know. And I think that'd be a great way to connect on LinkedIn. Um, and if you're interested in peak community, just just DM me. And uh, as I said, I don't let everybody in that community to keep that community, the right kind of people in there. But if you really want to grow 1% uh, better, uh, DM me and uh, we'll see if we can go from there.
0: Yeah, 1% every day, man. That's the way, way to do it. Um, and it's Peak Dot Community, right? Is the way to find that? It, or should they message yeah, exactly.
1: you? Yeah, but... Yeah, it's a, well, they, they can message me rather uh, because okay. you can't even go, if you go to peak.community, it won't pull up. It's actually dub dub community because yeah. it's not .com. It goes to peak.community.com, which is not where we are. So gotcha. in all know it actually works in my favor because I don't want a whole bunch of people in that community. I want the right people in right. that community. So if you want in, either DM Casey, um, you can, you can uh, I, I trust you and that's Hoke what you
0: we- Yeah, community, totally.
1: Up, you can invite them, Casey, or people who know you personally. Or if you want to hit me up, then hit me up, and then I'll invite you. But it is an invite-only community; it's not for any and everybody.
0: Right, not like the other community out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been so good, dude. It's been great catching up. With you, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy dude, talking to the likes of Seth Godin's all day long, coming in, I oh, hope oh, I never
1: become too busy in in a relationship that that you and I have. So,
0: agree, always there. Agreed, man. And for those people listening, if you learned something, and I know you did because you're about to send Sangram a note saying what you learned, but also consider putting a note on LinkedIn, a little post, what you learned. And I know you learned something because I've got two pages of notes from this little casual conversation over here. <laughs> and uh, so put what you learned on there, tag Sangram, tag myself, start a little conversation. That is thought leadership. And that can be you. It doesn't need all the branding and the hoopla just go ahead and do something share something you learned and that's it so dude brother thanks again for being on here uh, it's been awesome
1: yes Casey I love every time we spend time together thank you so much every, every day let's do it every day
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe every quarter we'll see <laughs> maybe too much but you know <laughs> yeah, right right not to kick it too much of Casey I, I, I get overwhelming <laughs> but uh, thanks man and for those people listening this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show we will catch you all next time